not going to sit there and say, thank you, Jesus, for allowing this. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to say, thank you, Lord, that I don't care what it looks like, they're coming back. Thank you, Jesus, that no matter what, I am victorious and I'm still going to be standing. Oh, you better believe we're going to thank Jesus in and for. But the for is the blessings of God and not for that demonic assignment. title today's message are we to be thankful for everything that happens in our life now before you're quick to answer that question are we to be thankful for everything not in everything but for everything that happens in our life I want you to turn your Bibles to Galatians 520 I want to read it because this scripture here says giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always. So we're going to give thanks for all things. When you read this scripture, it sounds like at first glance that it's saying that we are to give thanks for whatever circumstance came about. Now, are we to give thanks to God for everything? If a five-year-old is abducted and then found murdered, are we to give thanks for that circumstance? Obviously not. Are we to give thanks if your teen passes due to drugs, gang violence, illness, your teen? Are we to thank God that they have passed? Absolutely not. Are we to thank God for your youth being molested by a family member while you were at work and now they're struggling with sexual identity issues? No. We're not going to thank God for that evil, wicked thing that came from the devil. We thank God in everything because we know that Romans 8:28 he says he's going to work all things together for good no matter what even the evil things a few of which I have just listed we know that he will take every circumstance and work it for good give it time but it will be worked for good if you allow him and that scripture is for those who love God and those who are called according to his purposes he will work all things together for good don't ever doubt that absolutely Romans 8:28 but are we to thank God for evil. No, we have to understand that there is a wicked one that also roams, he roams around, and he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And in John 10, 10, it's very clear that that is the assignment of the thief, to come to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus says, but I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So we see that that which comes from evil comes from the evil one. That which comes from life comes from the giver of life, Jesus. So that scripture, give thanks, Ephesians 5.20, give thanks always for all things to God the Father. 
give thanks for all things. This is referring to the blessings of God, of which there are many. We are to thank God, giving thanks always, because the continual blessings that come from God, we're going to give him thanks and praise for everything that is good. As a matter of fact, his word says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. Is that not true? Every good and perfect gift comes down from him. So it, that's James 1.17, if you're wondering where that is. Every good and perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of, of lights, of whom there is no variation, no shadow of turning. He is with you. He will never leave you. We can give thanks for the fact that no matter what, not the horrible situation, but I can give thanks that no matter what, my God is with me. I will give thanks and I'm commanded to give thanks that in spite of the horrific assignment that the enemy somehow found a way in, I'm going to give thanks for the fact that I will never be left forsaken, that he is with me, that he knows my tears, that he holds them in a bottle, and that he is the soon coming king. I will be thankful in the Lord my God, my Savior. I'm going to be thankful for him, in him, through him, because of him, yes and amen. Thankful because of him. Thankful for the work of God. But I'm not going to be thankful for the work of the devil. We're going to be thankful because of his continual blessings. When that scripture, to bring clarity for that specific scripture, when it says to be thankful for all things, he's referring to all things that are a blessing. The blessing that comes down from the heavenly father. Being thankful for his continual blessing. So what I find is that a lot of times people, there are some, there are some, and there is a teaching that goes out right now that, that's been, it's not just right now, that it says, oh, we're going to, no matter what, you know, your young child died, but you know what, thank God for that. Thank God for the wicked, this thing that happened, because you know what, God is going to teach you how to walk in faith. He's going to teach you a lesson, or he's going to teach you how to walk in faith. And so God gave you this and we're going to thank God for it, even though your, your five-year-old was, you know, God forbid, ran over by some you know, drunken person and was, and, and was dead. You know, they died, right? We're not going to thank God for that because it didn't come from God. The problem is, is that some people are thanking God for things that came from the devil and say it came from God. You have to know that it is the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So when your theology is off, your life is off. Everything is off. So you see what I'm saying? When, when we, we have to stand in our authority, we have to be able to know and say, that came from the devil. I'm not going to thank God for something that came from the devil. I'm going to tell the devil to get off my property. I'm going to tell the devil that you've been exposed, and when you're exposed, you actually return. owe sevenfold return. Yeah, and so, and so when the thief is caught, in Proverbs 6, right? When the thief is caught, sevenfold return. So you're not going to give thanks for something that is actually a demonic assignment. How important is this that we really get the understanding? Because, see, there are people that will give thanks for something that is not of God and say it's God. But that's a religious spirit. That is a religious spirit that wants you to what? Settle. Wants you to settle for loss. Wants you to settle for, for lack. He wants you to settle. So we have to get something clear. God does not bring sickness to his children that walk in obedience. There are so many scriptures. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you right now are going to help me to speak the things you want me to speak. To bring clarity on this subject. Because Father God, we do thank you 
in everything. And I know you work all things together for good. And our trust is 100% in you, even when horrific things happen. But Father God, we are not going to give any glory, any honor, any esteem to the devil when, Father, he is posing as if this came from you when it didn't. So, Lord, I thank you for clarity, even in what I say today, today, Lord God, and for clarity for those that are hearing, Lord God, that we will walk in truth. Thank you, Father. So in 1 Corinthians 13, 6, it says, Love does not rejoice in iniquity. We don't rejoice in evil. Love, yeah, 1 Corinthians 13, 6. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. It does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in truth. Who's the giver of truth? Right, the Lord our, our, our God. He's the giver of truth. Who's the giver of evil? The enemy. And the Lord says love, which we're called to walk in love, does not delight in evil. It doesn't rejoice in iniquity. So if it doesn't delight, what is delight? To delight is to be happy. It's to give thanks for. It's to be thankful for. It's to be thankful for something. When I delight myself in the Lord, I'm thankful for him. Right? I'm thankful for my Lord. I'm thankful. I'm going to delight myself in him. I'm going to find pleasure in him. But I'm not, but see right there it says, it, do not delight, do not be thankful for evil. Because the Lord sits and he laughs at the wicked one. He literally laughs because he knows their day is coming. And in Psalm 37 it says that. Thank you, Father. How many of you guys know where that scripture is at? I have it written here. Psalm 37, 13. The Lord laughs at the wicked for he sees that his day is coming. He sees his day is coming. So I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. You better believe it. Psalm 34, 1. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will continually be on my lips, even in spite of wicked circumstances. I'm going to bless God, not because of it, but in spite of it all. Because I know that no matter what, God has my best interest at heart. He's looking at my response. He is looking at what are you going to say? How is your heart going to respond? But the enemy is waiting on your mouth. How are you going to respond? He's exactly doing that very thing, waiting on your mouth, so that if if you partner with a lie and start spewing unbelief, and it is unbelief, lies, well, you know what? We're going to be thankful that, you know, some horrific accident happened. We're going to be thankful. Then the enemy's like, good, I got him in deception. Good, I got When deception starts to take place, more deception follows. How many of you know that there are people that literally believe this concept that when you, you are supposed to, yeah, that you're supposed to be thankful for everything and for everything, every evil thing, every even evil there are some people, see, I'm seeing hands being raised. Yep, yep. But is that not such a diabolical lie? It's such a lie. And you have to establish what do you believe that, what is your theology on, on the Lord? Is God good all the time? He is good all the time. Is he just? Absolutely. But does he bring sickness because he's trying to help you understand something? No, sickness comes, absolutely, it does come, but it's not coming from the Lord. It's coming from yourself, number one. It's coming when you don't take care of your temple. Number one, if we just don't eat right and we start having a ton of sugar and dessert, guess what? We're, we're violating our temple. We're violating our temple. And you think that when the disease comes about, you can't say, well, you know, it's because of an old age. You know, when we get old, we get sick. That's just the way it goes for everybody. Lie. Yeah. 
That is such a lie. I don't buy that. I've never bought that. I've never believed that, and I never will. I never will. I'm standing and contending for complete healing and wholeness. I believe that is the will of God for us. And in 3 John 2, as a matter of fact, he said that very scripture. Beloved, he said, I desire that you prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. He is wanting you to be healed and whole, but not everybody else. But just because not everybody is, doesn't mean that it is the will of God that they remain sick. So, so people start to thank God. Well, I'm going to thank him for that sickness because you know what? It, you know, God is ultimately sovereign. So I'm going to thank God for that, for that illness. I'm going to thank, well, of course God's going to work it out for good. But he's telling you right now, stop thanking me for something I didn't give you and get up and kick the devil where he needs to be kicked and tell him he's under your feet. Tell him, knock it off, devil, because I'm not about ready to stand here and take your junk. It is a lie. And people are like, well, it's the sovereignty of God. And God's like, you know, I'm just waiting for you to wake up and smell the coffee. That is absolutely not true. You got to wake up and take authority and say, this didn't come from my Lord. So let's go back. Some things come from the devil. Absolutely. He's the thief that comes to kill, steal, and destroy, John 10.10. 10. He's not coming to give you anything good. He comes to steal. He comes to kill, steal, destroy, right? So it comes from, sickness comes from him, of course. It also comes from our own stuff, our own um, not taking care of our temple. I said that. Also, it comes from our own faulty thinking. Because we, when we harbor in our emotions things that we shouldn't be harboring, anger, frustration, jealousy, Amen. unforgiveness, you know, on and on and on. When we harbor things in our spirit man, in our soul, that are not of God. Unbelief. Oh, that's a big one. Fear. That's another big one. Because it goes very, sometimes it goes under the surface kind of, so to speak. It's not always as obvious. Because, you know, the lingo may be right. Oh, praise God. I'm going to praise God and everything. I don't have any fear, any unbelief. But if truth be told, and if somebody can see in, with deep within your heart, there is. There is some. But what do we do? We get that right, even on a daily basis. Father, forgive me for the unbelief. Forgive me for the fear. There's a little bit of fear. It might be an ounce, but if an ounce goes left unchecked, that ounce will grow. And that ounce will actually start and bring the sickness that the devil wants you to partner with. Because he's waiting. He's just waiting for you to say, yep, okay. You know what? My mother had this. My father had my grandfather. And you know what? It just must be my lot in life. It just must be a generational curse that is in my bloodline. Well, it might be a generational curse in your bloodline, absolutely. But it is not a curse that you're supposed to live with and say, yes, it's mine. I'm gonna, it's just the way it goes. I can't do anything to change it. So people think they need to give thanks for everything because their belief in who God really is is off. Their theology even just on, on healing is off sometimes depending on where you go and depending on who's, who's teaching you the truth, the word, right? So there, is, there's, there are doctrines that actually teach you that we are to walk, that sickness is good for you because you're going to learn more sensitivity and you're going to have compassion and everything else. But you know what? And they take scriptures like in James where, where it talks about, you know, the, the trials and, and the, um, the temptations. So James in chapter 1. So sometimes you'll, you'll hear this in regards to, well, we're going we're gonna to say thank you, God, for everything because you know what? The Bible says, my brethren, count it all joy. 
How many of you heard that? Well, count it all joy. Well, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Right? It goes on, if any of you lacks wisdom. Okay, so count it all joy when you fall into various trials. But the word in King James and many other versions, it says diverse temptations. Count it all joy when you are provoked to sin. Not when you sin. When you're provoked. When you're being tempted. When, when there is a testing that's coming of your faith. Because if you stand the test of, of faith, you're going to produce that patience. You're going to produce everything perfect, and you're going to lack nothing. But do you see how they'll take this scripture, count it all joy, and go, well, when this horrific situation happened, I'm going to count it all joy. And that's misquoting the word of God. Who's following along this day? Amen. You can't misquote and twist what he was saying in this point in time. He is not saying when the demonic assignment came against you. He is saying a diverse temptation, something that you have authority over. To say, oh, no, I'm not going to take that bait, and I'm not going to go ahead and fall right into that same old, same old trap. I'm not taking the bait, but I am going to count it all joy. And as I count it all joy, I'm going to have victory because my victory comes in my praise. But do you see this? How we just switched that. What normally people will sit there and say, well, I'm going to count it all joy. Now, let me tell you something. We all, we all have temptations and trials and things that come. They're trying your faith. They're trying. Hey, I'm not even talking about a temptation of you want to go back to drinking or you want to go back to gambling or whatever it was for you. Of course, that's included in this. But I'm talking about a temptation to just not have faith. I'm talking about a temptation to just not, just to have lack of, of um, just to have unbelief, a lack of peace. The devil wants you to have lack of peace. He wants you to have a lack of faith. He wants you to have unbelief. This also is included in the diverse temptations that the devil throws your way. But we're to count it all joy instead of going, oh, I don't have enough faith. I'm going to count it all joy because all I need is a mustard seed of faith. And when you say something like that, what happens is your faith man grows. And faith within you starts to grow. And then the very thing that the enemy was trying to do unto you doesn't get to happen because you, you literally just turned it, right? Have, here's his faith and be thankful for all things. How many of you guys have thought about that scripture in the past? We're not going to say, thank you, devil, for bringing a catastrophe. And the Lord is saying, what do you think I purchased for you with my own blood? Why would you tolerate such a low expectation of faith? Why would you expect such so, so little from me? When it says, I am giving you the abundance, the blessing, we all go through trials, we all go through testing, and we are to count it all joy. Yes, we are. And that joy that you are counting as joy is producing in you patience, is producing in you that valiant, steadfast, firm stance that you're not going to be shaken, you're not going to be moved. So years ago, the Lord gave me a dream and, and this is many years now, Satan went to the Lord and said, what about Kathy? What about Kathy? Sure, she worships you. 
sure she loves you. He said, but, he said, cause everything in her life to be shaken, cause her family to go completely hog wild, and then let's see if she worships you. Then let's see if she serves you and loves you. And I woke up from that dream. That's where I woke up. And at the time, nothing yet had happened of a demonic nature. Wow. My first response was, Lord, thank you for the heads up. Because clearly, we're going into a season where there's going to be all kinds of attacks. So God gives you, you know, sometimes he'll give you that that foresight so that you can actually, you can stand. I'm so grateful that he gave me that wisdom ahead of time so that I could stand. So I said, Lord, I'm going to live every day in a place of repentance. In other words, I'm going to make sure, because I know the devil's crafty. I know he's going to try to get me in the flesh, get me upset. And so I'm going to live every day in the place of repentance. Lord, search my heart first. When something starts to come about, Lord, search my heart first because I want to make sure that I have no sin within me because clearly we're entering into an attack. And then I said, secondly, that devil's going to pay. I don't know what he's up to, but he's going to pay. I'm taking my authority. I'm standing in my authority, right? And so right after that, everything started. I mean, it was just like, I'm not kidding. It was just like the torrential downpour started to happen in every single area. And it wasn't just for a day or two. It wasn't just for a week or two. It wasn't for just a few years. Try many, many, many years, more than I want to even uh, say. Many years. And you know, the thing about the story um, and this testimony is the Lord has told me you're not to share it all. And I won't share it all. Because you know what he said? It's too intense. And they won't understand it. Number one, they won't understand it because it's way too intense and it's too difficult for some people to even grasp. Number two, don't share it because sometimes it's also like throwing your pearls to the swine because they don't have any paradigm for even understanding even an ounce of what you've gone through. So don't share it. They're not capable of understanding. This is what the Lord told me. I can share parts, but I cannot share the whole. And, but I can tell you something that... As a younger believer at the time, um, standing in faith, standing, making sure, Lord, my heart. I mean, it was hard. It was Talk about testing. Talk about every kind of demonic assignment being sent your way. Talk about being raised up and, 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 and having to go into the literal fires. See, I still get just because I know what I've gone through. And you know what you've gone through. But it comes, boils down to, are you willing? Are you willing to say, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to serve you? I didn't just say it one time. Lord, I'm going to give you thanks and praise. Not because of this wicked, horrendous thing. Because that's a flat-out deception. That is demonic torment. And I'm not going to stand and say, thank you, Jesus, that you've allowed this to happen to a loved one of mine. Because he didn't. He didn't. Oh, the devil got in there all right. And there was an open door to sin, all right. And there was an agreement because of that, and the enemy took off with it, all right. But I'm not going to sit there and say, thank you, Jesus, for allowing this. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to say, thank you, Lord, that I don't care what it looks like, they're coming back. Thank you, Jesus, that no matter what, I am victorious, and I'm still going to be standing. Oh, you better believe we're going to thank Jesus in and for 
But the four is the blessings of God and not for that demonic assignment. And he's waiting for us to say, will you say, no matter what, I will serve you. We have to be willing to say, Lord, no matter what, I serve you. I, I am yours no matter what. Because, you know, God is such a good God. He is such a good God. I believe he wants us whole. I believe he wants us healed. I believe he wants us to walk in wholeness. He wants us to walk in healing. I believe that that is exactly our lot as believers in Christ. Deuteronomy, you can go there. I didn't turn there, but we know it. In Deuteronomy 28, it says, if, if you follow after these commandments, you're going to receive all these blessings. Now, God is not schizophrenic. And he does not have, he's not bipolar. He doesn't say one thing and then tomorrow he changes his mind and you're going, gee, who do we have today? You know, what is the response going to be? How many of you have ever had someone that you have to walk on eggshells because of this whole mentality? Who are we talking to today? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not God. That is not God. The blessings. Deuteronomy 28. He says that if you do and follow my commandments... In Deuteronomy 28, he says, then you're going to receive all of these blessings. And then he lists all these blessings that we are to walk in. He's going to bless the fruit of your womb. He's going to bless your coming and your going forevermore. Right? He says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless the fruit of your, of your work. I'm going to bless. Well, the fruit of your womb is your children, girls, ladies. Right? He's going to bless your work. He's blessing everything about you when you do it his way when you obey his commandments right and then starting in verse 15 it says but if you don't but if you don't all these curses are going to come upon you don't tell me that's old testament so it doesn't apply to us today the bottom line is this god wants to bless you the problem is are you hearing him because you want to be blessed too he wants to bless you he is a blesser you want to be blessed so what's the problem hearing and obeying when we hear the voice of God and we obey the voice of God, guess what? You're going to walk in the increased blessing. Oh, there may be some things that still need to change. Give it time. They're going to change. There may be some situations in your life that you're still believing God for. Give it time. Stand in faith. Stand in authority. Oh, they're going to change all right. They have to. You have the promise of the Lord. You have the promise. You say, yeah, but that person didn't get healed yet, and I've been standing on healing for a long, long time. Give it time. Stand in faith, and don't waver in unbelief. The enemy is banking on the fact that you're going to get weary and tired and fall into unbelief. And then the minute he does, or you do, right there, then he has you. He has you. And you've just walked into a, in a whole deception. God does not give you sickness. He doesn't give you diseases. You do. And because God's saying, well, you know what? I've already done everything I need to do on the cross. It is perfectly perfect, completely complete. It is finished. One drop of my blood actually already healed you, delivered you, sanctified you. Just one drop. It says that daily he loads us with benefits in Psalm 103. It goes on and it lists the benefits that God gives us. And sickness is not in there. I believe God wants us healed. I believe God I, God wants us whole. That we're to live well into our old age and to have healing, to walk in hopeless.